In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Tuesday episode. Tuesday. Do you like how I hit the Tuesday? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, how the heck's everybody doing? Uh, listen, I don't feel that good. I I mean, I, I've had so much energy the last couple of days, and it's been such a busy day. I did a bunch of other people's podcasts, and then I just, I feel just so beat like it took me three hours to get the energy to record this intro, even though I did the actual interview last Monday with our favorites, the Bravo Docket. Ceci and Angela are here today. We talked last Monday about kind of the year in Bravo, where we're at on some of the legalities of uh, Bravo right now. And it's always great to talk to them. Uh, another group of people that I'm so happy for their success. And I always, I always love when... People with a true talent, you know, these, these ladies are lawyers, you know, come in and explain something, give knowledge. And I think what they do is very, very special and unique. So always love when they stop by. Um, so I'm going to keep this first part uh, kind of short, <laughs> got to two hours later, uh, because I just don't feel well and I got a big day tomorrow and I'm hoping some sleep can cure whatever this is because I just feel run down and I had so much energy today. Oh my God, you guys, do you remember the curious case of uh, Natalia Grace, that ID discovery docu-series that was like, what was that, like six months ago? Um, well, the new, the second part of it, Natalia Speaks, comes out January 1st and I got to watch all five episodes. I had to watch it because I'm doing an interview and it is wild. Remember, it's that couple that adopted the, I believe, the Ukrainian girl and adopted her as a kid, but then said she was actually 17 years older than she pretended to be. It is wild. And the husband, the, the husband, the guy who adopted her is just, his name's Michael. And if you remember, if you watch that original docuseries, this guy is a kook and a half. This guy is made for reality television. So I cannot wait for you guys to see this. It is wild. It comes out January 1st. Um, so I watched, um, I watched the Gwyneth Paltrow ski documentary on Max about the ski accident. The guy sued her, remember the court case from this past year? I watched that and I was talking to Troy McKeady yesterday on the Pop Culture Roundup, um, just about that. I don't know if that needed to be a documentary. I don't know. Like, I love, I'm like, man, we'll just make a documentary about anything these days. And and I used to not complain about stuff like that because it was the more the merrier. But I was like, maybe we need to pick our battles sometimes. 
I don't know, maybe I'm just getting grumpy towards the end of the year. Who knows? But I was just like, wow, I just spent an hour watching this, the Gwyneth Paltrow ski documentary. It's, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're headed to. Happy 2024, you guys. Let's get to that. Um, also, big news today. Uh, we got a little bit of a, a, te- a taste, a teaser, if you will, of Rachel Levis's, the artist formerly known as Raquel, her podcast, Rachel Goes Rogue. We got like a six and a half, seven minute trailer with some of her uh, uh, her wisdom. And, I, you know, I'll be completely honest in uh, in my review of this. And I, and I really like some of the information that I heard. We'll go over some of the information right now. I thought was good. I thought was interesting. I, I, I like that she, like I, I've always said, I like that she did go away for 90 days to take care of her mental health. I still am not convinced that coming back to Los Angeles is the best thing to do for your mental health. But what do I know, right? I do a podcast. Um, okay, so just some picky things right off the bat with Rachel Goes Rogue. I watched this clip or listened to this clip on Instagram. I didn't like somebody had posted on their Instagram, the full clip. So I listened on there. So I wasn't able to speed it up. So it is like this. Every word is spoken at this clip. Um, So that kind of, and, and by the way, that's not even a, a Rachel thing. I listen to everything really fast. So just the pace of it really kind of, I don't know. So my thing is, and I've said this from the beginning, I think Rachel's going to really struggle with, I'm assuming this will be a weekly podcast. I think she's going to struggle at first trying to do that because I think she's trying to choose her words so carefully. I'm sure she is working off a very tight outline, if not fully scripted. So there's not a lot of chances for her to interject something like off the cuff. Maybe that will come with time. Um, But I guess the curiosity too is that after those first two episodes, or let's even give it four episodes of Scandaval information, What's it going to go? What's what's it going to pivot to? What are we going to talk about? Are we getting Rachel's hot takes on pop culture? Are we getting a recap pod of Vanderpump Rules season 11? Is this going to be a mental health podcast? Um, What's the guest situation? Like we're just hearing a seven minute clip or that's what we heard today. Um, but, uh, you know, is this going to be guests? How is Rachel with the guests? We heard Rachel in the interview with, uh, old Bethany Frankel of the reality reckoning and, you know, Bethany, you know, she steamrolled that. That was her, her thing. Heard a lot of Bethany. That's why I am kind of interested to hear Rachel's story in her own words. So let's get into some of that story about what this clip kind of reveals. Uh, The full episode comes out July 8th. So this is just a taste, if you will. Uh, Sorry, January 8th. Oh my God, I don't feel good. January 8th. And remember, Vanderpump Rules season 11 comes out January 30th. Um, So she says the day's finally come. She gets to share her story, the good, the bad, the ugly. And she says, I was I, I was involved with a horrible scandal, coin scandal. No, her voice is not nearly what it once was. So she's on her voice. But I feel like uh, as somebody that's taken voice lessons throughout my life, it feels like somebody that is really concentrating 
on being solid in their voice, but you can hear this little tiny vibrato in like just in that. And that's nothing like that's just how some people are born, their vocal cords, nerves. I will say, having said all that, she still does seem relatively looser than I've heard her in the past. And the other thing that I heard from this is that she does sound at least in a decent place. Um, that was my opinion, just hearing it, it just sounded she was more up. Now, maybe that's be, being back in Los Angeles, seeing friends again, who knows? Uh, but she lets us know right at the bat that she knows what she did was morally wrong and that she gets everybody's anger. Um, she says Los Angeles feels like home. Uh, she says she's finally seen some of her friends that she hasn't seen. Um, spent 90 days in a trauma therapy center without a phone. God, that sounds like a vacation. Uh, and she worked with different therapists and she started noticing patterns in her behavior and wanting to change those things. Now, the positive thing right off the bat, like I'm always, uh, I, I love the thought of recognizing patterns of behavior. I do, I, uh, I do that a lot. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean I change them, but I notice them and I like somebody that wants to change those things. Unfortunately, it had to happen after something really tragic, but sometimes that's when some of the best changes in your life can happen after something really tragic happens. Um, so she also says she removed herself from the filming environment for Vanderpump Rules season 11. We will not see her. We already knew that. Now she does say season 11. She doesn't say forever which goes back to my theory that I think there is a world in which she comes back for season 12 or season 13. Could be completely wrong on that, but that's just a vibe I get. And I don't think we're in any kind of discussions where that's even in the realm of possibility, but I would keep that in the back of your, your mind. I, I, you know, We've seen things like this happen before. Uh, she said she did make a mistake coming back to season 10 to begin with. And she says that season was the lowest of lows for her. Um, because remember, she was coming off, breaking off the engagement with James. We saw that at the reunion for season nine. And she says she should have taken off. And and by the way, I agree with that with a lot of reality stars. I love to watch mess, obviously. But it's like I said on the Beverly Hills recap on Friday, I think Kyle potentially should have taken this season off because she was just dealing with so much. And then us adding all of our voices into the mix, it can really confuse things for certain people unless you have a really strong foundation and really secure in yourself. And I think sometimes if you don't have that, reality television is the worst possible place to be, even though you make reality television gold when it happens. And by the way, I'm also want to be clear about this, not blaming Bravo at all for letting people like, you know, people are grownups. They make their own decisions. Um, she wishes she had gone to therapy then, but she said she tried to do the right thing in season nine by having a no contact policy with DJ James Kennedy, but they were working together, filming together, but he's flaunting his new girlfriend that he met three weeks after they ended their engagement. Now, this was an interesting point that I think, you know, like I keep using Kyle as an example, if we take into account she lost one of her best friends uh, in her whole world, uh, we find out about Mauricio potentially stepping outside of the marriage. All of these things kind of, you know, taken in context, context lead to Kyle making big decisions like quitting drinking, having a new, new friend like Morgan. So if we put ourselves in Rachel's mindset, I'm not saying this is the correct mindset, but if we put her, you know, if we put ourselves there, you know, I 
would be kind of shocked as well if somebody that I was engaged with immediately found the next love of their life three weeks after. But I think, you know, they're kind of both dodo birds, so I didn't really, you know, question it. But say she's out there feeling this way. She's insecure. She doesn't get it. She knows she shouldn't be with DJ James Kennedy, but it probably still hurts, right? Uh, God, you can tell I really don't feel good when I'm I'm <laughs> I'm arguing Rachel's points. Here's why it makes sense, you guys. No, so but think about that, and also think about somebody like Tom Thandaval that kind of sees this as well. And I'm not saying this was some like overall plan to get into Rachel's panties, but I'm saying it could add up to Rachel being so insecure and so lost that somebody, you know, saying that they're providing some sort of foundation might seem really, really attractive. Um, So he said she had so many questions running through her mind. How is it possible to love someone so quickly? And she also admits to drinking a ton um, on season 10. And I did know that. I knew that Rachel was could really knock him back. Even aside from the television show, I knew that. Um, And that's also another bad place. You know, that's another bad place to be when you're on reality television and you're also drinking a lot. Um, And uh, she also says that's not an excuse, but she was just not in a good mental space. Uh, She also says she's learning from her mistakes. Uh, She says, looking back and seeing how much pain I was interacting with James on camera and seeing his new girlfriend. You know, what's so funny is that we saw a little bit of that, but I think Rachel was an interesting character, not in how she, not in how she spoke, but just in the fact that she is kind of a blank slate. Lala, you know, at one point said it best, but also very mean Bambi eyed bitch, right? Was that it just, you couldn't tell what we were like, was anybody, is anybody home? So to hear her say, you could see me how I was interacting with DJ James Kennedy and his new, like, you know, I'm like, could we? It just seemed really weird. You just seemed really out of it at all times. So it's interesting what the person themselves is going through and how sometimes we can't pick up on it. The camera doesn't even pick up on it. She is just one big question mark. And that's why I think led to the comments of like, you're a psychopath, you know, because you know, it's serial killer vibes of you don't know what is going on in her mind. So it is interesting to get her perspective if you are interested in Scandaval. If you're not, then it's not interesting at all. Um, so she also says, I can only imagine the pain that I would cause by filming in the same environment with Ariana because being involved with somebody's boyfriend while they're still in a relationship is a huge betrayal as painful as it is. But then to continue working with these people and interacting with them, maybe not even speaking, but like hearing about what they're doing and seeing your person that you love so much and thought that they loved you just as much as you love them by conversing with this other person, it would just be so catastrophic. And I didn't want to do that to Ariana. I didn't want to put her in that position. So I believe she's referring to coming back for season 11 is that she didn't want to be there. Now, I think this is a little bit of a cop out and a little bit of Ariana's a big girl. She would have been able to handle it. Um, I understand uh, it's noble in a sense if that truly was your line of thinking. Um, But in the end of the day, you just saved yourself repeated beatdowns. But at the end of the day, if you would come back, you would have had those repeated beatdowns. But remember, it would have probably gotten to a point, not with Ariana, but maybe some of the other people, that people would, you know, you get that kind of the audience picks up on that and they only take, you know, being like somebody being picked on so far. And eventually, you know, you see it slide back the other way. 
And remember, like even in season 10, at the beginning, we were all kind of Rachel supporters. We were like, F Lala, all about Raquel, and then Scandal broke, and it kind of changed. I'm not saying that Raquel wasn't still a complete weirdo at times, but we we kind of had her back a little bit more in the beginning of season 10. So she's saying here, part of her reason for not coming back was because of Ariana. And I just don't think that holds a lot of water, even if she believes it. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, now, she says, uh, the, as regards to the rest of the cast, she says she doesn't have many boundaries, but physical violence is crossing a boundary for me. And if you assault me, I will cut you out of my life. I don't know if this is a shot at Sheena. Who knows? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, physical violence, obviously never okay. Um, But I will say the way that story has been told on both sides says that Raquel flippantly goes, oh yeah, I've been having a relationship with Tom Sandoval for seven months. Flippantly. After she was on Watch What Happens Live, she said she was really feeling herself. We saw that. She was starting to really enjoy being a reality star. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I'm conflicted about that comment. She says she hasn't heard from any of them and doesn't don't really and doesn't really necessarily want to hear from any of them, except for Tom did send her a happy birthday message on Instagram. And this is what she said that I found interesting. She said he could have reached, he couldn't reach out to me via text because she blocked him, but he could have DM'd her happy birthday instead of making a public comment. Now, I think that's a very important uh, sentence there because, yeah, there is an aspect of Tom that still comes off very performative. And if the storyline that we see in the trailer is, I loved her, dude. We heard him on the uh, the Freddie Mellencamp and Tamara pod saying that I was in love with her, dude. I was fully in love with her. And we see certain clips of that of like, dude, I love her, dude. So if he's trying to, 
present this public thing of look, I'm I'm the I'm getting my heart broken over this girl that I threw my relationship away for, he all of a sudden becomes this kind of hero that we root for, that is still making all of his decisions based around love. But yeah, he could have just DM'd her. But there's a part of it that he wanted us to see that. And he kind of dined off all of the stories that came from that of Rachel Blocks, Tom Sandoval. And obviously we see that's a storyline on the new season. Um, but she says she's been thinking about that a lot. And she says, I think for him, because I'm just trying to put myself in issues, like, was he doing this to be spiteful or was he doing this to be like, I want the best for you because it seems like it could go either way. It was a hard process for me to completely cut him out of my life because of the story I would tell myself about our relationship that we had, it seemed so special and it seemed so real. But when you look at the cold, hard facts and write them down on a piece of paper and see all of those red flags clear as day, that will break you out of your denial. Now that to me is a therapy exercise. And that to me kind of impressed me is that she's trying to think of the best and trying to think of the romance that they once had. And everybody's probably trying to tell her like, yo, this is not good. This is not good. But then she must have done some exercise, I would imagine, at this center when she wrote down all of the facts. And Raquel is, or, or at least at that point, was able to wake up to the fact that these are all red flags. And most people usually don't look at logic at any point until it's too late. So this kind of was like, okay, good. Like, listen, I'm still pissed about what you did to Ariana, but I thought this was, I was like, wow, this is actually really, this shows progress of some sort. Doesn't make me like this podcast. Doesn't make me think it's going to be a great podcast uh, for years to come. Doesn't make me even really want to see her back on Vanderpump Rules. But for her and for her mental health, I thought this was a really, a, a really great statement here. But she said it will break you out of your denial. And once I was broken out of denial, I realized how manipulative he is. I couldn't put myself in a situation where at my most vulnerable state, it would probably just get back. I, it would probably just get me back in those old patterns that I'm trying to break. And I thought that was really smart, no matter what you think about her. Uh, Raquel says she's taking a step back and removing herself from the chaos that has allowed me to gain clarity. Actually, a lot of clarity on the situation. I look back at season 10 and it was really difficult to watch because I'm just cringing at all the things and all the moments that they caught on camera. But I see a girl that's going through pain and doesn't have the right tools to tackle it. You always know when people are doing therapy because they use the word tools. I've done it. I was like, I'm trying to get the tool. I'm trying to fill up my toolbox on how to behave in life. Um, she says she's coping in the way that she feels like uh, her needs are being met by someone who's giving her adoration and attention. Um, and I really did not prioritize my friendships when I got involved with Tom and I regret that a lot. So that is the teaser. That's the teaser clip for Rachel goes rogue. What do you guys think? I'm really curious. How did you guys respond to this? Even if you did listen to it or didn't, I mean, what do you think about this? I still hold, I still, I don't know. I try to be like, Hey, podcasting, anybody can do it and anybody can do it. I just don't know if it means that everybody should do it. Like, I still don't know why this necessarily is a thing unless we're just finally admitting it's fun to make money, you know, because she will make money off this in the beginning. Um, and as Tom Sandoval says, if it's not good, people are going to dip out, dude, we're going to dip out. But now we have every Vanderpump Rules person for all intents and purposes, pretty much doing some form of podcasting. Um, I just think, uh, it'll be, I'll, I'll be really curious to see how this goes. But like I said, I think it'll be an immediate success. 
you know, in, in just the fact that we'll all be listening to this first couple episodes, dissecting it. I will be adding certain things to the show in regards to that in terms of information. So if you don't want to listen to it, you can get it covered here. That's all good. But uh, I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot. And I went and did another episode of Sheena's podcast today, Shenanigans. Uh, me and uh, Kiki Monique, Talk of Shame, went back on there. And it was like another pop culture one. But we got a lot of... It's very interesting because this had just dropped. This had just dropped. And Sheena hadn't heard it yet, but she had heard of it. And me and Kiki had already heard it. And it's very interesting. It's very interesting. And I will say, I don't, I can't say too much about this. I'll wait till, is that uh, Rachel, the artist formerly known as Raquel, was spotted at the Grove tonight uh, by, by somebody that will remain nameless. And I just think it's interesting. Rachel really is out and about. And uh, I hope that works out well for her. And I hope she stays safe. And I hope she doesn't. I'd be curious where she is on the drinking at this point. Uh, but I'm sure after you take three months of really personal introspection, it's got to be, it's got to feel good. I just think the, uh, you run the risk of falling into old patterns, as she says. And I'm curious if Tom is going to let sleeping dogs lie and kind of let her go. Because that's another thing of people that can sometimes manipulate other people. They won't rest. You know, it's almost like this, not a vendetta, but it's almost, I need that. And I will prove to you how true I am. And I think it's interesting that Rachel is going to do this, like really went and worked on herself. But like I said, I don't think Tom still has. You know, working on yourself doesn't mean doing a concert uh, and doing a concert tour and going on the, you know, uh, special forces on Fox. That's not working on yourself. You know, physical activity and putting yourself through really grunt work on special forces isn't working on yourself. And I still think with how big Scandaval was, I don't think there's any chance in hell that um, Mr. Sandoval is in a good mental state, even if he's convinced himself otherwise. I just don't think it's possible. I haven't seen it with a lot of people that have gone through trauma uh, but also remember trauma that he himself created fully. But I hope at some point he does actually sit down and really do the real work because it feels like he wants to work at everything else except the actual work it takes to identify patterns like Rachel is. So it's weird. It's weird. It's like, like who wins in the battle of two dorks? Uh, by the way, I'm a dork as well, but I'm talking about the dorks of Rachel and Tom. It's like, yeah, I just, I was kind of, I don't know. But at the end of the day, just listening to it as a podcast, it just felt like it was all chopped up and cut. And I was thinking of just since I edit that how hard that it must have been to edit that for whoever her editor is, because I'm sure the thoughts were all over the place and she probably was working off of a script. So I was thinking about kind of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, but, you know, we'll all be listening to that first one. So that is my review of Rachel Goes Rogue. Do we like that? I still don't know if I like that title. Um, I feel like we could have, uh, uh, who knows? I'm just, I don't feel well. So let's get to the guest, you guys. Are you having a good Tuesday? Was it a gentle re-entry to the week? I hope you're well. I really do. I hope you feel better than, 
<laughs> I hope you feel better than I do. Um, but uh, let's get to our guest, the Bravo Docket. If you don't listen to their podcast, you should. I'm sure you do already. I'm sure you follow them on Instagram. But uh, I've known them for a long time. I do want to say that Ceci uh, was very sick when we recorded this. She still recorded. So props to Ceci. And then Ceci texted me afterwards that she <laughs> she was having feedback issues. So she couldn't really hear me. So I will say Ceci was saving her voice at a time. So that's what's happening. Um, but I, you know, I, I still couldn't, I can't believe she even did it. So very thankful, but I think these women already have, uh, the brightest future, but I can't wait to see what's going to come up for them in 2024. And I hope to ride their coattails one day, or they, they're always welcome to ride mine. And I hope you guys, I'm going to ride your coattails as well. I hope you're out there kicking ass, taking names and uh, really doing good so I can live off of you guys one day. And remember, uh, the Patreon Live will be this Wednesday. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. We're going to have a little, we're going to have a little uh, so bad it's good holiday office party. I'm going to, uh, yeah, just do crazy holiday parties. <laughs> Can't even make sense right now, you guys. There's so many other pop culture stories I want to talk to you about. But remember, we do this daily. So I'll catch up with you guys on Wednesday. Have the best day. Here they are, the one, the only, the Bravo Docket. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, you guys, welcome back to So Bad It's Good. Today, we are joined by two of my favorite people that I met do doing this. I mean, they really ha have blown up in such a way that I think is is really amazing. And it's amazing because they already had real jobs as lawyers. I mean, like, truly are gifted at what they do, and they choose to actually... Uh, impart a lot of their knowledge and wisdom, even though, as they say in every post, every episode, this is, you know, th this is some of this is factual information. You cannot uh, put take them to court for any reason uh, regarding anything Bravo, period. So don't even try it. Take me to court instead. But I have learned so much from them when it comes to the law and Bravo, because it seems like those two things go hand in hand and it gets more and more intense the more years we go on. So without further ado, welcome back to the show, the Bravo docket, Ceci and Angela. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. Thank you for Hi, having Ryan us. Hi, Bailey. We're excited. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, listen, like I know Ceci is a little under the weather, so if, if you don't hear her as much, just know she's saving her voice for lawyerly things. But I just wanted to point that out uh, right now. But how long ago did you guys start this podcast in the Instagram account? 2020 is when we first came up with the idea, I think like July or August of 2020. And then we released our first episode, I think February. March, January 2021. 2021, yeah. And and this is, I just want to point out, this is before like all of the insanity with Erica Jane and Tom Girardi was like right on the cusp of all of this, I think. But it feels like once you guys really got started, the whole Bravo sphere exploded with legal issues, more so than I'd ever seen it like in the decade prior. 
I mean, the timing could not have been more perfect. It's not like we started it and then we're like, hey, feds, go arrest Jen Shaw. But <laughs> that's how it happened. And we could not have gotten more lucky. <laughs> I love that we're talking. I mean, these are like real tragedies and things. But yeah. for Bravo, pe people that cover Bravo, it is like Christmas again and again because I watch these shows now and I think about what future crimes we're going to have to talk about in regards to each one of these casts. Has it changed the way that you guys watch Bravo uh, when you started doing the show? I mean, now I just get more excited because I'm like, ooh, we've got that's going to be a really interesting topic or something that's fun to research. But I, do, I will say that when Ceci and I, either, when either one of us or both of us get really busy, I sometimes say a little prayer that no one gets arrested on Bravo that week because... <laughs> I mean, I'm like, we no, can't handle this right now. I have a jury trial. A, like, barely, I get to barely keep up with my own life. And then the Vanderpump Rules trailer broke today. And I was like, oh, oh, there goes my whole afternoon. Like, I was like, no, but at the same time, very excited. But for you guys, it seems like every week there really is something new. And you guys cover it all on the show. I know you guys probably already listened, but if you don't go subscribe right now and go rate it five stars on Apple podcasts and Spotify. But I really think you guys do a service because I do a lot of jokes and silliness. I'll have some information here and there, but you actually really learn something listening to you guys. And that's what sets you apart from so many other content creators out there. And I think that's like a really unique spot to, to be at. And I'm so excited for what you guys have in store for 2024, because we have so much, like you guys did an episode recently, which I wanted to, if you could maybe explain a little bit to the audience of the beauty lab and laser with uh, Heather Gay and Monica Garcia. So this all broke and you guys did, a, did, you guys covered this, but can you kind of break down what essentially this is between beauty lab and laser and Monica Garcia from Salt Lake? Yeah, it's basically and a. Go, or go ahead, Ceci. Oh, yeah, it's a breach of contract claim, like dispute. It's the most basic breach of contract dispute. And it seems like in Utah, they allow for collections to happen in civil court. So it's basically a breach of contract and then a collections claim, <laughs> essentially. She's just trying to and get so her money It's back. over like $2,000, right? That's what I heard? Yeah. It was a small, it was a small amount. And it looked like it was sort of a subscription service for you know, injections or something at Beauty Lab and Laser, like you're supposed to pay a certain amount, like a, a down payment and then pay a certain amount. And it looked like she went and got her lip injections and then never came back and didn't keep paying. And she says it's Monica. She says that, you know, it's because they were bad. And then it was almost like a like a little mini bar exam question on some basic contract stuff because it's like she claimed latches, which means just unreasonable delay. That's one of Monica's defenses because Heather didn't file the lawsuit until, you know, a long time after. And, and it was just well, that, like, that's the know, part that confuses, confuses me. And I guess as uh, knowing the legal system a little bit, wouldn't it cost more money to actually take Monica to court in this way? And then Monica now has to pay a lawyer to defend herself, which she's saying it was botched injections and things of that nature. But she didn't say that until this came out with Beauty Lab and Laser towards her, right? There's like a, a counterclaim. Is that what it is? No. So uh, Heather filed first and then Monica first, had yeah. the counterclaim. Yeah. 
Okay, so why do this at all if it's over $2,000, especially if you're on the cast with Monica Garcia? Couldn't you just be, let's work out a payment plan with Bravo right now so we don't do this? Well, it, I think there might be some spite involved. I don't <laughs> Well, that's, that's what I'm wondering. Guess. Are you? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you guys can speculate and stuff. But as a Bravo viewer, oh, we can speculate. I sit there, but We're I sit there the and stand. go, "This must be like a story. <laughs> this is going to be a storyline, right? Like this is like." Obviously, they, they're all not talking to Monica right now. And is this the thing that we're going to see in Bermuda that gets revealed to Heather Gay? But I find this all so odd. But also, it opened up Monica to more of her past. She posted her own mugshot, which I think she said was just for like not paying a ticket. But did you guys go deep into Monica's history? Yeah, Sassy so did a we great did job a, researching yeah. it. Yeah, we did a search to pull up all of the lawsuits that she had against her. And I will note again, it seems like in Utah, they just do any basic collection comes up as a court case. But she had several, I would say about 20, over 20 lawsuits involving not paying and owing money. So medical fees. I, I, I don't know what the other are. They all for, over, like, are they all over beauty work? No, I mean, I mean, some stuff was like, I mean, Ceci and I were pretty benevolent about it. It's like, you know, people go through a divorce. We don't know how the money was arranged. We don't know what was going on with that. Um, we don't know if she was actually working. I mean, who knows? She's, we don't know what was going on. But it looked like a lot of the stuff was like, oh, that's a, a lawsuit because she didn't pay for her kids' braces. Or then there's like another bill she didn't pay. It looked like pretty basic stuff that you would see. It just there was a lot of it. Well, Ceci, do you run reports on all new housewives now when they get added to a cast? <laughs> I should. We should have like a whole department of someone yeah, just doing way, background checks get, on everyone. Get ahead of the game at this point. I mean, you're like you're probably going to get lucky on most new housewives at this point. But you've covered Jen Shaw in the past at all. Were you able to connect any of the dots in terms of Jen's legal issues and potentially like similarities in behavior when you come to Monica and Jen? Because Monica, we, you know, is a lot of people say she studied under, you know, the tutelage of Jen Shaw. I mean, that's the thing that makes me the most nervous about Monica is that she spent a lot of time with Jen Shaw. I mean, I guess from the reports we've heard, clearly she was, you know, willing to testify against her and had flipped on her and everything. But I hope she didn't pick up any of those shady practices. I mean, there's no evidence of that yet. So, I mean, I don't think she did. She's at least not running a telemarketing scheme for all we can tell. She's not going around <laughs> saying that she does ad sales. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think she was only her assistant for a short period of time, but she's definitely doing the Jen Shaw put it all out on the table method of housewife. Yeah. I mean, isn't it wild though, that those two people did at one point run in the same circle? I mean, it is interesting to kind of just go, wow, these people. And then she was a small part of Jen Shaw's case. And now Jen Shaw is behind bars. She's done press releases saying that Elizabeth Holmes, her and Elizabeth Holmes are buddies. And I mean, That's in terms of Jen Shaw- made in heaven. <laughs> Dude, I mean, but I I knew that her people were going to put that out or like oh, yeah. her people or person. I was waiting for that of like, yeah, she's giving like amazing abs to Elizabeth Holmes. And I was like, she wants to keep her name in the news so badly. Yeah, yeah, we're not really interested in continuing her. <laughs> well, I no, I mean, I, I don't legacy. believe it until Elizabeth's people put out 
PR. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Elizabeth is probably like, this lady keeps trying to like teach me how to do sit-ups. It's very interesting. Like I don't right. I, I feel like Jen Shaw, I, I don't know why, but I put the onus on Jen Shaw, even though Elizabeth Holmes built people out of more money than Jen. But I feel like Jen made a beeline probably for Elizabeth Holmes in prison. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Jen's probably doing the- very well in prison. I will say that. I think she has a personality and she that will do well in prison. Yeah, she's gonna flourish. I bet like and I bet we'll see more photos through like some kind of setup like they've been doing where she's walking outside. We'll see like she's like probably got even like really ripped, like when the situation went to prison and he got more in shape. Like I bet we get like a big glow up. I'm just curious after this ends because I think she's got her sentence reduced now down to like six and a half years or seven years as part of the drug program that she got as part of her sentence. Right. Yeah. So she still has a long way to go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm so curious, though, when that does happen, if Bravo would ever take her back. But I think what's so great is that Salt Lake City kind of flourished without Jen Shaw. And that was really exciting to watch. I like Salt Lake City better without her. Exactly. I like it better without Um, her. Are you guys able to still be fans of these shows, knowing oh, yeah. all the information that you know? Like, are you still loving it just as much as when you started? Definitely. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, we don't need something major to happen to enjoy it. There's still so many <laughs> minor things that we can cover. Um, but yeah, I still love all these shows. They're great. Do you get sick of I mean, that was my we wor- talk about them like every day? You know, sometimes I will say this year in particular, I've gotten kind of like, um, sometimes what's the point? Like, I'll be like, okay, I don't know. I think it depends on how your own life is going. Like if it's like, it's been a tough year. So like that kind of oh, right. sometimes is yeah, taken, taken. Yeah. But I mean like, but then sometimes I'll get the same excitement that I always do, but I'm just like, oh, I don't sometimes see why they don't learn from each other of like, oh, I'm putting more attention on myself and I do know I have a criminal background, so maybe I shouldn't do this. And it makes me wonder what the end game for them is. Like, is this a Hail Mary pass from Monica of, I do have all of these things building up. I owe a lot of money. I better really pop on screen right now. And that kind of excites me to think about. I mean, and she is popping on screen. Like she is the- Dynamics with her mom, as uncomfortable as they are to watch, are fascinating. She is, I think, being smart by putting things out there. I mean, and as far, like I really like the housewives that you can see evolve. We like watching them win. We like watching them overcome things. We like watching them be real and vulnerable. And the ones that do that, I think we don't get tired of. Like, I think Candace is a great one. I've become a big fan of her because she's really evolved and, you know, challenged yeah. herself in new ways and grown into new things and She's I, I Candace has been great to watch as she progresses along. So if they do that, I think they remain really interesting. Yeah, but I actually I really started to love Candace. Like I was mm-hmm. a big Monique fan. And now I will say at this point, I'm really into Candace for the first time in my yeah. life. Very much. Um, <laughs> I have you guys. I have to play this audio for people, but I have you on one of the first times where I said we really need to build a Bravo show around you guys where it is the Bravo docket court and you guys rule on these things. And my example at the time was Monique and Candace was that let's actually get down to brass tacks. Let's see, let's use video evidence. Let's submit things to the court. And the show <laughs> is a 30 minute 
you know, the the Bravo docket court and you take us through the viewer visually and through arguments on some of these class. It doesn't have to be like actual things, but we're talking physical fights. We're talking like like things like that. I mean, would you guys you guys were willing at the time? Is that something still that you would be willing to do? Of course. Yeah. Sussie's like, I'm holding out. I'm no, holding no, out. Yeah. no. Yes, I'm I'm <laughs> We're going to wait for the contract uh, talks. But I think that, I mean, that's the other you know thing. What? We I should I, do that, Ryan. We should do that with you. You could be like yeah. our bailiff. But no, but like, yeah, seriously, but we should have like an episode I'll where we do the bailiff. Your last yeah. name's perfect for it. Hey, I'm, yeah. I'm Bailiff Bailey. Let's go. <laughs> bailiff Stop Bailey. Stop talking back. Yeah. No, I, well, we should do I that. Mean, we that... should pick something and adjudicate it, as Heather DeBro well, would say. You guys were at BravoCon, and I was like, how amazing of a BravoCon panel that would be as well of you guys on stage doing that kind of stuff. You guys were just at BravoCon. Can you ex- can you tell us a little bit about your experience there and what it was like to meet so many people that were fans of yours after you've been fans of Bravo for so many years? Oh, that was weird. That was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I mean, BravoCon itself was just a phenomenal experience. This is our second year going and it's just an overwhelming sense of community. But then having people come up to us as listeners of our podcast and want to say hi to us and take photos, that was very weird and bizarre. And I just couldn't really process it. But I'm appreciative. But we love it and it was fun. We're not saying don't do that. That's my favorite. No, no, no. I I know exactly what she's saying. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. exactly what you, it's a very interesting, weird experience to have people come up and know things about you and you don't know things about them. And you're just kind of blown away. Uh, you're blown away by that whole experience. Was there any Bravo Liberty that you met at Bravo? Con? Did you have any weird experiences with any Bravo Liberties, good or bad? I didn't have any, I didn't, I'll go first. Cause I didn't have any weird experiences with anybody. I don't think, unless I'm forgetting something. Um, I feel like we had, I had good experiences, but I also had to work a lot while I was there. So Ceci was in the trenches a lot more than I was. We mostly had yeah. fun hanging out with you and walking around with Ronnie from Watch What Crappens. And like, oh my god, you know. that was so- yeah. Um, did any of you guys hook up with Tom Sandoval were you, while you were there? <laughs> we did not. We did not. Um, my husband but didn't particularly care for the week. picture of me with Captain Jason, though. I will say that. Oh. <laughs> This Captain Jason, they're trying to get this guy married. Like, I never <laughs> saw a guy got brought brought up more at BravoCon. Like, Bravo needs to do a dating show with Captain Jason. Wait, Ceci, I, you you saw Tom Sandoval last week? Yeah, he was at. Can you hear me? He was he was at. Yeah, Tom I can tell Tom. you. <laughs> so you were at Tom Tom. Yeah, I went to Tom Tom because I was like. I don't know. Let's keep living the BravoCon dream. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm newly in LA, so I've been hanging out with new people, and they're like, "Well, since you're a Bravo fan, let's take you to a Bravo place." So I went yeah. to Tom Tom, and I walk in, and he just walked right by me, and I'm like, "What in the world? You just hang out at your bar?" Or well, Cecil, so he, he had you? he had to walk right by you. That's where the garbage can is. He was taking out trash, <laughs> oh, and he like God. he was he's he working a shift. I mean, do I mean? What did you think about being in Tom Sandoval's presence? I mean, it felt odd. Like I wanted to just watch him and see what he was doing. Like I, yeah. I'm not going to go up to him and be like, "I hate you." I have no no skin in the game, no teeth skin, teeth in the game. What is that called? Skin skin, skin in, in the, the game. game? You have no <laughs> skin on my no teeth. skin in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no skin no, in the game. No, yeah, I just no mixed teeth skin all of in them. The game. Like, no teeth. I'm basically Peggy, like housewife number one hundred. Um, 
<laughs> I have no skin in the game. So I, you know, I just, I wanted to observe. That's my thing with Bravo Lebs too. At BravoCon, I just kind of want to observe them. Yeah. And so I just wanted yeah. to see what he was doing. Well, until this man drinking. commits a crime, you can't really get involved. Then you have skin in the game. Oh, he's exactly. committed fashion crimes, but. <laughs> well, well, I mean, well, yeah. what's that, Sessie? I mean, he technically did if if we want to go down the path of the whole filming the FaceTime thing. Oh, with uh, the artist formerly known as Raquel. That's right. And a lot of people blame that on the show, not realizing that video recording of Raquel was done after they were done filming. Had nothing to do with the show. That was Tom Sandoval. That is a crime, actually, to illegally record somebody without their permission. Is that right? In California, because it's a two-party consent state. Yeah. Most states are one-party consent, meaning the the person that is talking can consent to recording it, meaning like if you just want to record, you can. But California is a two-party consent. And, you know, if Rachel didn't consent to the recording, and then particularly if he was showing it to other people, that's, that's, don't do that. That's wrong. Well, the other things I wanted to ask you about in regards to Tom, and I think you've talked about one of them already, is how if, if Ariana and Tom are co-owners and cohabitated in this house, even though I know Ariana is not staying there right now. I mean, is there any legal actions and how they actually do this? And the other question is, if Tom Sandoval is part owner of Schwartz and Sandy's and the other partners want Tom Sandoval out, does that require legal action or can like you just buy them out, like buy him out? What if he doesn't want to sell? Do you know anything about that? Because I have a feeling that's going to be a storyline this season in regards to Schwartz and Sandy's. Well, listeners are in luck because we have not one, but two episodes that cover that. We have an episode called The Scandival, which goes into detail. And then we have a mini episode, which also discusses the legalities of the house and separating that out. But Ceci and I did a lot of work. We found the, you know, publicly filed mortgage documents and the other, the loan that they're both on, on the house that he took out for Schwartz and Sandy's. So we, we cover that in detail. So, I mean, just to like a couple things though, I mean, is she in a good place to like, I mean, like, does it favor Ariana? She's not in a good place. It doesn't favor. I mean, Ceci, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you went over this more recently than I did, but it it's, Really, if you're going to buy a house with someone and it's not in an LLC and there isn't like, you know, a dissolution agreement and things like that that's already worked out, you might as well get married because you are married to that piece of property with that other person. It's not easy. There are tenants in common and it is not easy to like I like she's maybe if Schwartz would be reasonable or had the money to buy her out. Or a Sandoval, I mean, Sandoval, sorry. If Sandoval, yeah. A Sandoval. Like Schwartz is involved now too? <laughs> oh like, my very, God. This is amazing. No. He's in the paperwork? hearing this morning. I sorry, mean, sorry. Sandoval. Okay, let me, let me start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandoval, Sandoval would, you know, be reasonable and then buy her out for an agreed upon price. You know, that could work. But he, one, may not have the money to do that. Um, or, you know, if they could work out some other arrangement, but... I mean, Ceci, you saw what she said on Watch What Happens Live, meaning Ariana. Yeah, that he doesn't want to sell, which that's the easiest way to figure this out is to sell the property and then <laughs> yeah. split the proceeds. But he also has a loan on it. Like the the house so is... So it's leveraged already. Right. Like, so it's... Right. Wow. It's and then in regards to Schwartz and Sandy's, 
I mean, in terms of contract negotiations for that, if you're a partner of something, can you be asked to leave? Is there a morality clause in a lot of these contracts for when you own something together? I think if there is a morality clause in Shorts and Sandys, he would have been out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the fashion alone, as you said. Yeah. Um, but there, I mean, I'm sure they have some sort of LLC, but the problem is I think that we talked about this in the episode too, and Ceci again, correct me if I'm wrong, but they are on the lease, but they don't for Schwartz and Sandys, but they're not on the lease for the actual building. So they invested all that money in redoing the interior of the space and all the stuff that they actually built into there isn't a fixture. So they don't own that either. So they're <laughs> in, it's like, it's a big old mess. <laughs> So what you're basically telling me is they might not be great first-time bar owners together. They might have set themselves up for failure in more ways than one. Lisa Vanderpump is smart, and the way she did TomTom with them was the right way to do that and was the correct use of their skills. I'll say it that way. To give them 5% and then they're the mascots of the entire place. Correct. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Um, Looking back on 2023... Do you guys have a favorite story that you covered or a favorite Bravo moment in terms of what you do? I mean, they couldn't be different moments, but like, what have you found the most intriguing or challenging or rewarding to cover this year? Ceci, you, you go, go first. first. My memory's so bad. I'm like, okay, let me first. scroll through my episode. <laughs> I, so, like, I mean, what, what did we do? Yeah. Yeah. I really liked working with Ceci on all of the Jen Shaw stuff. We really were super collaborative with that. And we were both at a point during that where we weren't as busy as we are now. So we really got to collaborate and work together and put those episodes out together and really dig into all the the legal pleadings and the briefings. And that one, I feel like actually did a lot of good because I feel like the attention on Jen Shaw and her getting arrested on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and then us being able to put out episodes and talk about it that really increased the awareness of those types of telemarketer schemes. And that's so important. It would not have gotten that kind of attention if Jen Shaw wasn't a real housewife. And now everybody that watched the show or even knows about it is way more educated about how those scams work and can help protect their loved ones and especially their elderly loved ones from being victims of those scams. So working with Ceci on that and really digging into all of those legal pleadings and getting all that information out there was, uh, and being able to see through it from start to finish, basically since from the time she got arrested and then to the time that she was pleading guilty and got sentenced, that was, that was really, I think, satisfying to be able to go through all of that and have it have an end in a beginning and see it all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still invested in the Erica and Tom of it all because right now he's going through the competency proceedings and I got to attend one of the hearings. Okay. This is what I wanted. Okay. This is great because that was a question. Anyway, (sighs) tell tell us where we're at because a lot of people have forgotten about this. And of course, this season, we have the Erica Jane redemption arc where she's hunting big game in terms of her Vegas show. But a lot of us don't know where Tom Girardi is. And you're saying you, there was a competency hearing this year and you got to go to it. Explain that a little bit if you can. Right. And everyone can go if they would like. It's open to the public. So you too could go. <laughs> how, yeah, by the way, how much does it cost? Is it like $400? Did you get it on StubHub? How do we? I mean, if you want more it, than Erica pay Jane. me $400 and I'll take you. <laughs> Is it a lottery to get in? Like, how did you get into this thing? No, it's completely free and open to the public. You just walk into the courthouse. Um, But yeah, so right now, 
because Tom Girardi is facing federal criminal charges in California, he can only be tried according to our constitution and due process if he's found competent to stand trial. And right now they're saying that he has a dementia diagnosis that prevents him from understanding the charges against him and helping his defense counsel adequately defend him. So they've been through the entire hearings. Right now they're in the post-hearing briefing and we can anticipate to have a decision, I'm guessing, either probably not the end of this year. We're already at the end of this year. Probably early next year. Okay. And then if he's and found th- competent, if he's found competent to stand, stand trial, we're going to proceed with a jury trial against him in these criminal charges. If he's not, it, it ends there. We're done. Okay, so if he's competent, this is going to be like you two at the Sphere. This thing's going to sell out every day. <laughs> We're going to like, we'll get big groups of people to go. We'll go to Dorit's room at Buga de Beppo afterwards. I mean, oh, so God. you're in the room. You're in there with Tom Girardi, Ceci. Like, did you, I mean, just visually, what did you pick up on his behavior? Did it seem like he was trying to act incompetent? Like, I don't know how much you take into account all of that stuff when you're there. It was really jarring for me. I didn't realize he was there initially because his counsel was on the podium and I was my view was blocked. But once I saw him, I was sort of taken aback. And then I saw him walk out after, during a break, like shuffle by. And I was really taken aback. I, I know it's the unpopular view, but I do believe he has something mentally not wrong, but he's suffering mentally. It was he. It was it was hard to see. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's a, a popular or unpopular thing. I think we can all see the visual difference in how he even looked. Right. I just think also. I wonder. I don't know enough about cognitive decline except my own that I do wonder. Like when you are <laughs> have this big of a. I mean, they had a, they've like looked at the California state law because of crap this man did. They've had to rewrite certain laws and all of the, you know, like a lot of stuff happened around this man. Can that lead to cognitive decline as well of like so many lies built upon lies built upon lies that cost people millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars? Is that something that like kind of advances that where it's like you just literally lose your mind at a certain point? How much of it is actual health and DNA? And like, that's the part I'm confused about. Were they arguing what makes him in cognitive decline at that competency hearing? Well, they were more so questioning the timing of it all, which I think everyone is questioning the timing of it all. Like how did it's just convenient that it came out right when he's facing all of these charges and all of these claims against him. But I mean, yeah, like stress can make you physically change. Just look at a photo of me from 2014 to now. <laughs> stress can wait, cause wait. Now change. I actually wait. Like now I need to see a photo of you from 2014. Like I, I, I saw you at BravoCon. You look great. So I'm like, wait, like, what, what is she happened? In, about? Like, like, you yeah. get gray hair. Like it, oh, stress okay. causes look, a lot my, of stress. You know, this is my Tom Gerard. This is my Bravo beard. It's Here all white now. Look at you this. You guys can see ridiculous. this, but I'm rolling my eyes because Ceci is 10 years younger than me. <laughs> But still, stress has negative effects on the body, like oh, no, high does. blood pressure, stuff like that. Yeah. It does affect the body. So yes, maybe some of his physical appearance is due to stress, but there were experts there testifying about the changes in his brain and the volume of his brain. You can't really make those scans up. And that, and I mean, they, they had like he- the head of this neurology department from USC. I just... 
I don't know, like it was backed by science. It was backed by yeah. actual results. So I don't know. It's hard to say that it was just stress when it's but I'm also not like a doctor. I'm over here. Like, <laughs> no, but I will say, yeah. though, from your opinion as a lawyer, though, when you look at all of these things and follow this case, I mean, it sounds like you're leaning possibly towards him not being found fit to stand trial, which I would guess that would be the case as well. Yeah, I am on that side. But we'll, we'll see. Like, who's paying for all these experts, guys? Like, who's paying for the experts in like all of the neuro neurology and stuff? Like, he already is California broke. Like, taxpayers. Who's, yeah, see, you and I with our taxes. So, <laughs> so we're getting effed again, by the way. Like, we're getting effed literally again by this man because he's getting expert witnesses that we're paying for. That's the part that I will never understand about well, actually, the legal it's federal, system. So we're all paying for it. So, oh yeah, okay. it is federal. Yeah, it's okay. federal. Yeah. So we're we all get to split it. it. But, Everyone I mean, listening. Right, your senator. My, and by, Old cynical two cents in. I mean, Ceci was there on the date that the pros or the defense was putting on their experts. So, and I, I fully believe that if I was there, I would have the same visceral reaction that Ceci did to his appearance. But I wasn't there, and I'm old and cynical, and I keep bringing up Vincent the Chin Gigante. Which, if you don't know who that is, Google him. It's a mobster that feigned. Uh, you know, dementia and all kinds of things to get out of prosecution by the feds for decades. So I'm saying is there is some precedent for people doing this, but no. I also don't discount anything Ceci is saying about this. I just, I well, don't, I think it could be both. I think he could have some dementia, but also no, still have the wherewithal to know that he should be playing it up right now. Well, I did read something. I'm not sure if this was, uh, but it was saying that he, he yelled out a couple curse words yeah. uh, when somebody was on the stand. Is, is that true? Yeah. So and in in so yeah, I was there the day the defense experts were going, but they explained that people with this type of dementia that he has can still participate in conversations and know what's going on in the moment. What they lose is the immediate memory, and I, I don't know, like I don't know how long that short term memory is for. But they lose that. So they could still have a conversation with you, but then maybe not remember the conversation the next day. So, I mean, yeah. no matter how you cut it, it's really sad on all sides of this. Uh, I, but also, what was it like, Ceci, to see? Uh, I'm sure Erica Jane was there watching her still husband and supporting him because he, you know, he had supported her throughout her entire career. What was it like to see Erica Jane in person, Ceci? She was not present. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Somebody that's, uh, that doesn't sound right. Was Mikey Minden there? Was the choreographer there? No, but they were both at BravoCon. Did you see them yeah, there? By the way, yeah, they, uh, by the way, that's how sad I was like, I was there on Sunday at 10 a.m. to do the patting the puss panel with Erica and Mikey where they took did a couple. And I was like, this is ridiculous. But it is funny how all this happens. And Erica Jane now has paid her penance. And now it's, you know, trying to, you know, on the upswing of Erica Jane. And I do find that interesting and in just the relationship that they shared, no matter how you cut it or how you, whatever you reverse engineer what it is now, it still was maybe not a good marriage, obviously, but something that he did give her a lot of money, other people's money. And I find that interesting, even if she's not on the hook, by the way, is she on the hook for anything or is everything done now? Everything cleared? She still has civil lawsuits and she's going to have to deal with the IRS and the franchise tax board of California at some point. And honestly, I would be 
more afraid of that than the civil lawsuits. So, I mean, there's still, she's got stuff pending. Um, and I, you know, it's completely reasonable to believe that she had no idea where the money was coming from. Personally, I don't think she cared. I don't think she, as long as the money was coming, I don't think she cared where it was coming from. Um, and her yeah. husband was very successful and he was getting these massive settlements. So it's not unreasonable for her to be like, okay, well, he's making all this money. He's got literally, he had the highest the world or United States record for a settlement amount. Um, and I think it was like a billion something dollars at one point, And then, you know, a hundred million, whatever there was a, he was making a lot of money. He did not have to do this. He just started doing it and was living beyond even his means. So Erica Jane's story is still not fully out of the woods because she no. will have to deal with the IRS eventually. Um, but who knows where she'll be by the time she actually has to face the music on that. Um, you guys do this great thing now on your Instagram called the Bravo Docket Society <laughs> of Attorneys and Laws Degrees. And they're amazing posts, you guys, where they celebrate really amazing women like one Meredith Marks. And I always forget that Meredith, she graduated from law school and she is she she's a fully licensed lawyer. Is that right? She, yeah, she has- I mean, she let it lapse. So she was yeah. at one point a fully licensed attorney. But yeah, she graduated <laughs> with a JD MBA, which is very yeah. commendable. Like from like Northwestern, right? Like yeah. good school. So good, ba- way, good bathtubs, all... good bathtubs at Northwestern as well. <laughs> really good bathtubs. So it's <laughs> good. Well, but like with Meredith, but it, I think people forget about the lawyer part of her because every, like even this past week's episode, she'll get into kind of lawyer, like that's not what the term means. Like the term, like she'll be like by definition, like it's always like a lawyerly argument where I'm like, yeah, I always forget you have that in your toolbox is you are a lawyer. What makes somebody decide to not want to be a lawyer anymore and to go into jewelry business? Did you guys uncover why Meredith? I feel like if you like, talk to any beyond? lawyer, they would be like, yes, I would much rather design and sell jewelry than be a lawyer. Well, yeah, I mean, she she herself has said that she never practices an attorney and she puts it on her website what made her turn from, I think she was doing real estate and then was had a really bad robbery or a mugging, she says on her website. And then she was like, I don't want to do real estate anymore. And then went into jewelry. So that was the trajectory. (laughs) I wonder if it was the same robber that did like the Dorit stuff. Like what if they're just hitting Bravo (laughs) Liberties throughout the court? It's like the origin story of all of these women. Um, I I find that really- yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like the and as, as a small child, I was burgled, and I decided to get into jewelry. Has any of these, um, have any Bravo? Has Meredith Marks, when you make that post about her, and you've made it about a bunch of women, do they reach out to you and go, "This is a high honor. Thank you so no. much for recognizing." Because I feel no. like I feel like I joke around a lot, but it kind of is cool. And you guys are a respected show and Instagram account. I feel like people would be like, you know, thanking you for this honor. Right. This you know, and they should because Sessie something... gets full credit for those. She designed them. She came up with the idea so... and they're so good. They're so good. Thank you. But the society, I feel like it should be, it's a thing. Like people should be honored to be part of the society. <laughs> Here's another idea. When you start doing live shows, it should be an award ceremony for the society. And you need one guest <laughs> that you've honored from the post. And here's my argument for first guest. And you did a post. It's not just women, folks. They celebrate men as well. Because one of my favorite lawyers, Craig Conover from uh, the Conover Law Firm, if you get run over, <laughs> call 
Conover. You made a post for him. You're telling me Craig didn't reach out? He did not. And I even tagged no. him. I know. And here's the thing. I... I just like this idea is so good, Ryan Bailey. So I think you should one get like a producer or creator credit on it. Two, yeah, yeah right. I think what we should I, do. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue two lawyers once they yeah like that's <laughs> no, amazing. No, I'm saying I, we're, I'm saying on the record right now you should get a producer no. or creator credit for it because this was totally your idea. But I'm also thinking we should do it like the courts of appeal. You know, like the Tenth Circuit Court, because there should be three. So Ceci and I are each judges, and then one of the lawyers from the society that Ceci created, the Bravo Lawyers, should be the third on our court, like our panel of three judges. Why don't we have them be the lawyers? I want to see them be lawyers. Yes. Wait, wait. Why (laughs) don't you do this? I'm worried they wouldn't prepare. (laughs) No, it would be so No, it's great if they don't. It's great if they don't. But what about the Bravo, the Bravo Supreme Court? And it's just like it's creators, actual lawyers, like a group of eight uh, Bravo, oh you know, affiliated people. The Bravo Supreme Court, and we you can have Bravo robes. That's too many. You know, That'd be like, like wrangling cats. That's too many. Like that's or hurting cats. Now I'm turning into Teresa. Good. It'd be good. <laughs> There's too I many know, ingredients. I, listen, we're thinking big here. This is big picture, but no, no, no. Craig Conover. The court of appeal, like the three panel court, and we have a Bravo Liberty as a guest judge for the different episodes, but we could still have other Bravo Liberties act as attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, who would make a good lawyer who is not a lawyer in Bravo? Like, do you ever Candace. watch these and goes, Candace, obviously. <laughs> Anybody else, though, do you ever watch and you're like, damn, she's a good arguer? I'm honestly as annoying as Bethany has been lately. She can, she's yeah, she very would be good. really good. She'd be really good. Yeah, don't <laughs> Bethany. If you're listening to this, don't like. Let, come on, just don't t- don't take them too seriously, Bethany. But like, she does. <laughs> I just feel like, well, I mean, reality reckoning. You guys have paid attention to, and I mean, in terms of your professional opinion. Where do you think she goes from here? Like, wh- I- I'm still confused about what what are we actually doing? Like, I understand you're upset. I understand it's this, this, and this we're working for better wages and more strict compliance in terms of drinking. Um, I'm very confused about what she specifically wants to do. Do you guys know? No, no. And we've been asked in it. Yeah. I I need a list of demands. It's gotten lost. Yeah, but you're right. She's an effective communicator. Like she does get her point across. I just don't know what the point is. Like I know she's upset, and I know she's wrangled a bunch of people into it. But like, are we trying to fix something, or are we just angry? I mean, I think the best thing to fix would be to just have the contracts be more fair. The pro- I mean, they're basically kind of like adhesion contracts. We've we haven't been able to get our hands on like a recent one. We're dying to. What is it? What does adhesion mean? I mean, it's, it means cohes- that you don't have any, like, it's very one-sided and you don't have any negotiating power. Like, so the weaker party doesn't really have any, you just have to agree to it or you don't. And so there's really no, you know, and I think the contracts are, uh, could be renegotiated. Um, but I don't, I don't think the way that this so- so-called reality reckoning was called for, and also the people doing it were just people that were no longer on New York basically. So it was disorganized. I think, I think she had a message, but then she did so many videos and posts and podcasts and articles and TikToks that it got lost. So she needs to refocus. Well, listen, she just did an ABC impact about the reality reckoning, which I like, I just, I can't bring myself to watch it yet, but Mm -hmm. you guys, you guys were experts on the Jen Shaw, the ABC 
produced Jen Shaw one. Um, what was that called? Not the housewife and the hustler, the Shaw but the shocker, the Shaw shocker, which sounds, it sounds, sounds like something like, doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds yeah, like something my dad tried to give yeah. my mom 20 years yeah, ago. I know. No, it sounds, no, really like, inappropriate. It sounds oh, horrible. No. Um, but like, I mean, you guys like, have you been, I, I was shocked that I didn't see you guys in like, like affiliated with the reality reckoning impact one, because I'm like, you guys come from knowing Bravo. You also know the world in which they play in and you have facts to base thing back things up. Like, are you going to be doing more of the Shaw shocker kind of stuff? Because I thought that was a brilliant use of you guys. I mean, we, we don't really want anything be. to do with Bethany's we reality reckoning, <laughs> but uh, if well, we get called be. upon for actual Not legal expertise, reckoning. yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 Kat, Sessie, what did you say? Another thing of reckoning? No, 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 no. I said not with the reckoning, but we might be doing more things like the Shaw Shocker. Do you know somebody that's already about to have a court case that we don't know and you have advance notice? Is no. that what you're saying? No. Who committed a crime on Bravo that we don't know yet? That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, well, I think you guys definitely need to be doing that. Um, Ceci, what is your favorite show on television right now in terms of Bravo? In terms of Bravo, Salt Lake City right now is really good. They have got me hooked. I hate when they tease us with Ooh, the end of the B- Bermuda trip. Like that's when we're going to find it out, but I am eating it all up. It's already good without the Bravo yeah. trip. It's I mean, without the, whatever happens here, I'm always already loving each yeah. and every episode. Angela, is it the same for you? Oh, it's, it's Miami right now. Oh, they, their house is in Miami. Oh. loving it. Okay. So this is something I can tease for the Bravo docket is they are going fully in on Lisa Hochstein. Uh, I don't know if that's everything that entails Lisa Hoxine because this is an ever changing story because last week we were hit with the news that Lenny is suing Lisa for, I mean, I don't know if it's emotional distress, defamation, which I'm like, can you do like, what is going on here? Like, I thought Lenny, like, why doesn't Lenny just go away? Why does he keep fighting (laughs) to try to like make some sort of point? It's like Bethany. I'd like, what is your point exactly? Because you can't argue that you weren't cheating on her. We're going to get all the way into it. We have all the pleadings. We've, we are going to get all the way into it. There's been so many side lawsuits and hearings in that divorce. And we, you know, had a really long divorce episode when it first happened and went into it and, you know, talked about the prenup and everything else. And now we're going to, we're, we're going to try to get that one done before the end of the year for, for you guys. I mean, I mean this should so be a sad. whole other podcast series, like a 10 part episode. <laughs> like, we could. It feels like you could do more and more episodes. Sorry. What were you saying, Ceci? It feels no, so I just sad. Said that it, what? It's, just, it's just sad because they're spending all this money and it's really yeah. the children that probably are most affected by the back and forth. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to cover it, but it, it is sad when you think about it. Like, w- like, what are you doing, Lenny? Yeah, what are you doing? Also, that poor kid was just trying to get an extra slice of pizza. His mom's on the phone talking about the case, and he's just like, "I want to know." She's like, "No, you're done with the pizza." I was like, "Let him have the extra slice." He's going through a tough time. It's a tragedy. As a little yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, is there any other like, um, uh, not criminal activity, but is there any kind of legal activity in going on with Miami other than Lisa Hoxine? Because I feel like it's. Like, I still like what's going on with Alexia's husband. I feel like there's something there that might have happened eventually. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping to dig into them a little bit more over the Christmas break. So um, we don't we don't have an answer yet, Wait, but we're, ho, we're on ho, it. Ho, ho, ho. Wait, what's going on with them not traveling outside of Florida? Wait, what? I don't know. Why do they keep like having their trips in Florida? That's 
like can I'm one of them not travel? That has something to do with Lisa and not wanting to like be that far away from the kids for too long. Like if they're co-parenting, oh, and I think that might have something to do with it. I'm not sure. Or maybe one and of them has to their passport. They don't seem like they're great at paperwork. And then <laughs> Alexia's Alexia's not Frankie, but the other son of Alexia's. You know, there's a lot of issues there. And his his dad, I mean, his dad was in prison. I think his dad had to go back to prison. He was in the Cocaine Cowboys documentary on Netflix. And it's just really, it's a fascinating story if you guys don't know any of that stuff. And then Jersey, we're going to get in, I think, February or March. And, you know, did we ever come to any kind of conclusion about Louis and all of his businesses? Because oh, he got I've made actually, fun of. I've got yeah, a got lot made of fun stuff. Of. What do you what do you have? Anything anything you can um, tease with? Well, I pulled, you know, I want to be really fair. And we a while ago when he first came on, now I I'm actually kind of protective of Charissa as much as people would think maybe I shouldn't like her, but I do. And no, I think I we really, all but no, I think we all like her. I just think we're wary of her making bad choices for herself. Yeah. So I pulled a lot of stuff. I mean, there was a lot of filings between him and his ex-fiance, and um, there's a lot of stuff there. So I have that, you know, in my pocket for some future episodes right around when uh, New Jersey airs again. Well, is I mean, is 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 she like I bumped into him at this party the other like like a couple weeks ago at this reality show variety thing, and he was outside smoking, and I got into a conversation with him, and I was like. I, I, it was very interesting. I said, if I didn't know anything about Louis or had not studied him at all, I would have been completely charmed. I would have been completely oh, charmed. Charming. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it is interesting. Had a whole conversation with this guy. He kept asking what I what I did. And I was like, oh, you know, stuff. I, <laughs> I just do stuff. I don't even know what I do. You know, but he like was asking me questions about my family. He was asking about Thanksgiving. It was very wild. And it was just interesting just studying a little bit about Louis and you know, like I just I do wonder where that's going to end up as well. Like if there's anything in the future that we're going to see happen with Louie and any of his businesses. You know, I I hope that honestly, I hope that there isn't. I want Teresa and her kids to be happy. They've already been through so much. And Teresa certainly seems like she's happy. So I hope there isn't. Um, but, you know, like, eh, who knows? <laughs> Um, as we start winding down here, what is one of the biggest surprises that you guys uncovered in any of your research for any of these episodes? Was there an aha moment in any of these things for you guys that you found something that you were like, this is this is fascinating. This is really this is really good. Ceci and I discovered together literally at the same time when we were talking about Jen Shaw. But no, actually, we were talking about Scandaval and morality clauses. And we both had the realization at like exactly the same time that we think that there was, you know, a clause in the housewives contract saying if they oh, yeah. commit a crime like the one Jen Shaw did, you know, one of moral, moral turpitude or, um, you know, something that's fraudulent or whatever, that they their contract would be canceled. And so at Ceci and I were talking about Scandal and morality clauses. And then at the same time, we were like, oh, my God, that is why Jen Shaw waited until right before, like, right as the season was ending. So she would still get paid for all those episodes because they get paid by episode now. So she waited until the last minute. And even like they even did more episodes to like follow. So she got paid more like and then she pled guilty, like right when she had to. 
So we both were like, oh, so, tax- you're, so that's why she never fully came clean because she was still getting money, that's even though we, she knew damn well she was guilty. We both that had is that kind of at the same time. That, that, yeah. Wow, that that is kind of amazing, and also classic Jen Shaw if you think about it. Yeah. In terms of like just thinking about the money, let's get that money. Um, I really am so curious where we where we go from here. Uh, Andy Cohen, has he committed any crimes except for the fashion crime at Jingle Ball the other night from what he wore? Is there, is he clean? Do we got, we, we got a good bill he's of health? He's a smart man. He's a smart man and he's got lots of lawyers. He's good. No, I mean, I mean, how would you advise Bravo Liberties, uh, you know, going back to Bethany real quick, these contracts, they are small, but they also kind of like, uh, I don't think it's in the contract, but they assume that you're going to be able to build a career, a social media following about, you know, through these things that you get through the show, like how does contracts, how do contracts get renegotiated? How can they be more fair for Bravo liberties when Bravo is kind of investing in these people who are unknown to begin with? Is there some sort of middle of the road or if you were to advise Bravo or even Bravo liberties? Well, we're not going to give legal advice. (laughs) (laughs) Just trying to trick you into it. Sorry. (laughs) You know, I think the biggest thing would be to get your ducks in a row before you go on. Cause there's really not a lot of negotiating room for those, especially when you're first starting out because you don't, unless you're somebody like Denise Richards that has, you know, it's, you're going to bring a lot of value to the show immediately. People are going to watch just cause you're on it. If you are just, you know, some random housewife in Salt Lake city or something, and no one knows who you are, you're not going to have any negotiating power. So you would need to get all of your ducks in a row beforehand, pay all of your taxes, like get all the skeletons out of your closet and use them as storylines of your own volition. Don't wait for someone else to bring it up. Don't go on the show if you have anything to hide. And for God's sake, do not file bankruptcy while you're on a reality show and then lie to the bankruptcy court. How many wait, how many people wait. have done that? It's been the Judiches, the Chrisleys, uh, Abby Lee Miller from Dance Mom. Isn't there another mm-hmm. one? No, I think that's it, but... It's it's more than enough. <laughs> Wait, so they'll file bank they'll file for bankruptcy and then they won't reveal it. Wait, I, they won't reveal it All on the of show. All these people that I just talked about, every single one, the Chrisleys, Abby Lee Miller from Dance Mom, and the Judy Chase. The the, yeah. All of them filed for bankruptcy, went on a reality show either while the bankruptcy was still pending, or they fought like. It's the bankruptcy was still pending when they were on the reality show, and then they would have all of this stuff. That would show on the TV that the bankruptcy judge anyone else could like watch their and property, they their jewelry, it. their money. Yes, but then they yeah. didn't declare oh. that they had all that stuff. Yes. So, for <sighs> f's sake, don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, Teresa is one of the first big ones that Bravo's ever had, and nobody learned anything from it. Really, I mean, I think it's a it's a mixture of what makes a housewife good is like ego, greed, uh, yeah. wanting nice things. I mean, I think that's also in part of what makes them so fascinating. But it is interesting that they all don't seem to learn from each other. There's no some kind of group newsletter for <laughs> which. By the way, there's another idea. You guys need to send out newsletters for Bravo celebrities about time what. To do. Oh, that's legal <laughs> advice. Not doing that. Yeah, okay. Okay, and then finally, in terms of Beverly Hills, have you guys already done an episode or were, would you do an episode or just for my pure satisfaction of digging into Sutton Strack? And yes, I'm doing Sessie- that's coming up next. Um, okay, so Ceci and I have been so busy, we've had to take turns with the episodes. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go into Sutton's divorce in a mini-sode. The, because you know. I want to know all about, I mean, she's making $350,000 after taxes, she says, Sutton per month. Smart. 
And well, that's I want to know all about it. I want to know what's in those divorce papers. I'm not like, smart. what was it? Was it irreconcilable? <laughs> different? What'd you say, Sessie? I said, I guess I'm not smart. <laughs> like, <I'm laughs> got a. She has a good chooser, a good picker. Uh, I, it's, I, I'm really wanting to know more about that and where we land with Kyle and Mauricio, because they're another people. We started off this conversation talking a little bit about Tom and Ariana, Kyle and Mauricio. Now they seem a little bit more business savvy where, you know, even if they do get divorced or they will just stay married to protect the businesses. There's no way they're getting, I just don't, I can't say there's no way. I don't see them getting divorced. It would be too expensive. I mean, there's. California's a community property state. She was with him from the very beginning. In fact, you could even argue that the agency is what it is because of the value that she brought by promoting it on the show where there's everything is agency, agency, agency. And like that was part of her storyline, a key part of the storyline, the agency parties. She was constantly wearing it like like, a lot of his success comes from the work Kyle did by putting herself out there on reality TV. Not that she didn't want to anyway, but you know what I'm saying. So, and Mauricio originally had a draw, job at Hilton and Highland with right. Rick, and the Rick cause, Hilton. You know, I mean, that I was because of Kyle. See them, it's going to be too expensive. I don't see them getting a divorce. Sassy, do you agree with that? I think so, because I think what Angela's to, to support what Angela is saying is that they would have to go through and untangle all of that. So it would just be too expensive to try and untangle how much of the agency each of them would get or Kyle's businesses. Does she still have that store, by the way? By the way, yeah. Oh, <laughs> how much Mauricio is owed of Kyle with Shahida? Too, I think that was her name. Guys. Kyle with yeah. Shahida. I went to Kyle by Shahida. I went to Christmas Day. I was at the like uh, Fashion Square Mall in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I don't know why. Oh, my phone broke. And Kyle Shahida, like nobody was there. Nobody was there. It was like the only store that every store was open. That store was open, but nobody was even working there. Like I just walked in. And no, could I could have, have just taken like a, a big captains. <laughs> no, because I don't want to be on the Bravo docket ever. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't want to be a part of that, 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 that whole mess. Um, you guys, thank you. I know Sessie's not feeling well. So Sessie, thank you in particular for doing this. And Angela had to get up at eight 30 today because they have real jobs and they do real things <laughs> on top of entertaining the hell out of all of us. But like I said, I can't recommend their show enough. And I really think they're going to continue to rise in this. And I cannot wait to see where their careers go in 2024. And Ceci, I hope you're doing well in Los Angeles. Uh, hopefully you. we can see each other sometime. Yeah. And Angela, um, uh, it's just I'm always come to Austin. Well, you know what? That, okay. Actually. Yeah. yeah that, that actually hang out with me and Ronnie. <laughs> uh, oh, do you hang out with Ronnie a lot? No, I, but like, cause I'm so busy, but I really am like, that's my goal is I know. the next couple months is to actually get something scheduled and hang out. Oh, he's just the best, but you guys are the best too. And you guys, I know you follow them already, but if you don't, if this is, you're hearing them for the first time, trust me, they are worth subscribing to their podcast, rating them five stars, Apple podcasts and Spotify. You want to follow them on Instagram because they do have, they have the society, they have people that they <laughs> honor. They act, but actually all joking aside, they actually do give really, really good information. There are people that you can trust and people that are always going to leave you with some little bit of knowledge that you did not know before. And they're funny on top of that. So high, high recommendation, happy holidays, you guys. And thanks once again for doing this. Happy holidays. Thank Aww, you for thanks, having Ryan. us. Yeah. <laughs> You're so nice. <laughs> so Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. 
guest booking by Ali Friedlander, video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com and follow the show at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.